Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast. I'm Tom Barbelay. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that I recorded recently. And unfortunately, for some reason, my digital microphone decided to do some curious stammering through the recording. It was through the introduction, actually. So it made the whole recording completely unusable. I'm not as warmed up as I was in the topic when I originally recorded it, and apologies for this, but I'm going to try and explain it anyway. I've had a long-standing interest in humour. I've had a long-standing interest both in the comedy profession, but also the history of humour and how jokes that are still funny existed four to six hundred years ago. Astonishing, really, that human humour has not evolved through this period of time, as one might naturally think. I say human humour because I think, on a certain level, most complex mammals have some degree of humour, or at least some degree of humorous understanding. I've observed it in cats, particularly cats that do kind of physical humour, and I've observed it in dogs as well. I'm sure in higher primates you see examples of humour as well, so I don't think humour is uniquely human. But having said that, the ability to make some of the people laugh all of the time and all of the people laugh some of the time is an interesting study. It's sufficiently dynamic, it's sufficiently abstract, that when I see people, or typically when I hear people, who are these kind of comedians, I find a degree of insight, like social, philosophical insight, that is worthy of spending at least an hour listening to. I'm constantly frustrated by humour. I'm constantly frustrated by the American stand-up style of humour. And truth be told, when I lived in the UK, also, you know, the Northeast stand-up style of humour, the Northwest stand-up style of humour, those Southern comedians were slightly more adept at probing into international audiences. But really, humour in the UK was very regional. My perspective is that if you aim to be funny, there is a social responsibility that is also attached. The social responsibility relates to taking generally depressed situations and elevating them with your commentary, elevating them with your intellect, elevating them in such a way that you can raise spirits, boost morale, do these kind of things with humour that are ultimately not only socially improving, but also convey a sense of wisdom and insight which can be done very quickly. When you enter a group of new people and you tell a particularly funny joke or you offer an insight that leaves them chuckling that they take away from a circumstance, it is better in many regards than coming into a group and just being quiet and, you know, nervously passive or even worse, aloof. Humour is a social lubricant that should be used pretty liberally in most introductory circumstances. I don't do this as much as I once did. In fact, I do it very infrequently currently, much to the concern of my wife, who, in general, thinks that if I conveyed my humour to more people, I might be more socially accepted with people. The things that I like about humour, and I've talked about this previously in short funk recordings, relate to a slightly tangential version of the universe, which is close enough to be accurate, but distant enough to actually show a degree of insight which people tend to respect. I think the obvious, taken to a particular direction, 
will always be a generally good humorous topic, but when you're surrounded by people, perhaps such as myself, the ability to make them laugh is something that I look for in general. Some circumstances I'm not looking for humorous outs, but in most circumstances I will be looking for at least one or two jokes that I can pepper in there. I have a small selection of jokes which work on most of the people most of the time. And I'm very mindful if I use these jokes, I should never use them in the same social circles again. Most of my humour that I try to cultivate is abstract humour, and it relates to things that most people would not delve into, but I can get away with in part because of my accent, in part because of my persona, in part because sometimes... Stating some aspect of the obvious can completely level a group of people. As you listen and you may have the perspective that there's a slightly sociopathic quality to my analysis of humour. I think that's fair. I'm willing to take that on. But within the sociopath, as long as you are not hurting people, as long as you are not, you know, doing things that are in a negative light, maybe some of the psychology can be positive as it relates to humour. I've considered periodically whether I need to do, you know, some kind of course or put myself on stage or try doing humour in front of audiences. And then I realised that actually it's the dynamic, the social dynamic of sitting together with equals, maybe over a meal in any social group, where I like to play humour very specifically. The nature of the stand-up I find is genuinely fraudulent in terms of the reuse of humour. I've talked about this in previous short funk recordings. So my perspective is that the way that I like to do humour is very well-defined, and I enjoy actually doing Stone Ape because it enables me occasionally to utter jokes or to utter observances which are quintessentially funny, or at least I try to make them funny. I read relatively heavily on humour. There are a number of books that I've purchased that look at humour and history, that look at really strong analytical methods associated with existing jokes and also associated with certain social aspects. To say that I'm not drawn to Semitic comedy and Yiddish comedy would be a lie. I do tend to see insights in these particular comedic forms, in particular taking the mundane and elevating it to something which is far beyond its original purpose. These kind of themes, I think, are generally positive. But I wanted to record a podcast associated with the responsibility of humour, because if you take humour as a responsibility, you'll utilise it considerably differently than if you take humour as a job, or if you take humour as an occasional slip-up that falls in your lap and makes people laugh. Consider whether or not you can hold the responsibility of humour. And if you can, embrace it and utilise it to uplift circumstances, and to make people feel a little bit better about their general lot in life. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.